This is the Australian Hunting Podcast, hunting, shooting and fishing radio on the AHP Digital Radio Network. Visit us at australianhuntingpodcast.com.au. Sit back, relax and enjoy. Here's the host of the show, Jason Selms. Welcome back to the Australian Hunting Podcast here on the AHP Digital Radio Network, the only dedicated hunting, shooting and fishing radio show here in Australia. If you'd like to find out more about AHP, visit australianhuntingpodcast.com.au. If you would like to email us, then you can go to the website and click on the contact icon. Or alternatively, you can email me directly at australianhuntingpodcast at gmail.com. If you would like to listen to the Australian Hunting Podcast, you can visit the website and click on the archived podcast link. You can also subscribe to the Australian Hunting Podcast on iTunes for automatic updates. Make sure you leave a comment and rate us five stars on iTunes. That would be much appreciated. On Facebook, you can find us under Australian Hunting Podcast, where listeners are sharing ideas, thoughts and opinions, as well as photos and videos. Twitter.com forward slash AHpodcast if you'd like to follow our Twitter feed. You can also check out my videos on YouTube under the name Aussie Federal Control. Alternatively, all social media links can be found on the website. Everyone knows I love my listeners, but I've got especially some extra special love for my donating listeners. If you'd like to donate or do a monthly subscription to the show, go to the website and click on the donate button on the right-hand side of the main page and show your support, which is always appreciated. That helps us keep the lights on in this joint and pay those bills. We have over 65 hours of free podcasting audio content to date for you all to enjoy. Share the Australian Hunting Podcast with your friends and family and get as many people as you know into hunting, shooting and fishing as possible so they can enjoy this fantastic lifestyle that we all love. So as usual, without further ado, let's get into my interview with today's guest. This is Rod Drew, CEO of Field and Game Australia. This is Rob Fickling from Beyond the Divide and Maroka 30. Hi, this is Col Allison, hunter, journalist for 42 years and a shooter. Hi, this is Russell Mark, Olympic gold medalist. This is Charlie Jacoby from Field Sports Britain. Hey everybody, it's Tom Knapp and you're listening to the Australian Hunting Podcast. Tristan Thompson, welcome to the Australian Podcast. Thanks for coming on, mate. Really appreciate your time today. Thanks, Jason. I'm glad to be here. No worries, mate. Tell us a bit about yourself, uh, whether you like to hunt, shoot, fish, and uh, I guess how you got into one or all of the above. I'm 23 years old, going on 24, so I'm pretty young, but, um, you know, been doing it a few years. I've been shooting since I was about oh, 16. Um, my old man got me into fishing, and that was, oh, I would have been five years old or something. From there, it's pretty much just been progressive. I've you know, got into spearfishing, diving, um, pig dogging, shooting, all of it. Yeah, how did you, did your, your family big on it as well? Brothers, sisters, mum, dad, or how did you end up getting into and starting, like, getting into this outdoor activity lifestyle? No, I was pretty much the lone one in the family, hey, um, besides a fisherman. Um, dad, like, dad went fishing and that, but other than that, I'm, I'm the only person to have a, a gun licence or own guns or pig dogs and all of that. Yeah. I've got a good question for you. I mean, this is pretty much you're very similar to me. I mean, my brother just got into it as well. 
uh, got into sort of hunting and loves firearms now because sort of because of me. But how did you personally get into it? Something you saw, you read the magazine, a friend, or how did you start getting into the the firearm part of it? I always just read hunting mags since I was little, really. And um, once I got to that age, kind of like 12, 13, some of the other boys at school, their dads would take us out and. You know, we'd just shoot rabbits and that with a twenty-two, and then, um, yeah, progress from there, really. Like, you meet one guy who's, who's got a property and you go get goats and whatever, and, yeah, you just, once you do it, you're hooked. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. What are people's, um, you know, general reactions, you know, when they sort of either find out or Facebook friends or work colleagues, you know, that you hunt, what's their general reaction, you know, being, you know, if you've either told them or they've found out? Um, well, growing up in a small town, um, it's been pretty good generally, but you do get the odd person who's like, oh, that's cool, you know, how do you do it? But you just put it to them that, oh, I eat everything I, I kill, and um, it's free-range, organic, and whatnot, and they don't really have an argument against it. No, have you ever had any, you know, troubles, or anyone sort of, sort of yeah, said, you know, I've certainly had a few, that's for sure, but, um, you know, that said, you know, they don't really like it, or, oh, why do you do that for, or that's cruel, or this, or that, or what have they generally said, has it all been positive, or not really a worry? Oh, I've had the odd person pull me up spearfishing in that, saying they're going to call, um, call fisheries because it's illegal, but... Clearly, they have no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, lo- I love those ones. Eh? Yeah, yeah. So you've never really had any, not any, not not any real trouble before, not really. No, nah, no, nothing too serious, really. Just the odd Facebook argument, I guess. <laughs> oh, mate, don't we all sometimes? You know, Facebook, good old Facebook. Uh, so, what do you? Let's talk about spearfishing, I guess. First, I mean, I know you. So you got into that. What sort of you know species do you like? Sort of. You know, spearfishing, you know, what sort of, you know, you, you go off offshore at the side of, you know, beaches or what sort of, what do you enjoy? Um, yeah, everything, eh, wherever I can. Like, I've got a little IRB we take out, mainly target, oh, I don't know, just your, your typical offshore species, really, like snapper, jewfish, brim, leather jacket. Um, we've got a pretty good lake system up here, which is always clear and there's plenty of brim and flooded in there. So it's pretty easy to fill the plate. Yeah, what's a, what's a, I've never spearfished before. Tell us about that. I mean, is it pretty hard? Or I mean, I'm just always freaked out about, always see on YouTube, sharks and that. I mean, just look in the water and then, oh, there's one there, you know, just <laughs> scare the hell out of me. But uh, is it pretty pretty rewarding? Is it pretty easy, fairly difficult? or All three, I guess. <laughs> no, um, I, get, I get the, oh, aren't you scared of sharks all the time? But to be honest, I've only ever really had one dicey encounter with a shark and there was a mate there with me and it was only, oh, Probably a four metre bull shark, so you know it wasn't too bad. Ah, <laughs> oh, you got to tell us about that. Yeah, no, only four metres. They're pretty aggressive, aren't they? Or? Oh, when you got a bag full of fish, yeah. Yeah, true. <laughs> what happened with that? Tell us a bit of. Tell us the story. What sort of happened that day? No, oh, it was pretty funny actually. Um, me and a mate headed out. They're just at my local beach, and um, we were swimming out. We got to the reef, and um, I saw a shark, and I was like, oh, I might might not tell my mate because he's a bit you know, scared, <laughs> and um, and then he said, did you see that shark, and I was like, yeah, yeah, it was just um, just a grey nurse, hey, you know, harmless, and he was like, oh, sweet, and we kept going, and then um, speared a couple of um, drummer and a brim, and then, what was, he got something else, I can't remember, anyway, we had a bag full of fish, and next thing you know, this um, big shark that I'd seen previously swam right up, was swimming under us, kind of nudging into our fins and that. And he was shitting himself, and I was shitting him, shitting myself. <laughs> <laughs> and um, 
he had to swim. We were swimming in back to back, basically. Like I was facing backwards, kicking, and he was facing forwards. And I had to kind of jam my spear into its face a couple of times just to kind of get it away. And it ended up coming into knee deep water, like he had its fin in, like out of out of the water, and we were standing. And it was that keen to get a feed. Yeah, he kind of turned around and went away after that. Mate, I'll just tell you what, I'd be like Jesus, mate, walking on water, absolutely, mate. I just, well, don't get me wrong, I love sharks, I love watching the shark week, I mean, the great whites, but oh, mate, if I saw a great white, that's it. <laughs> I think yeah, I'd, I'd, think I'd literally, seen one. Oh, I'd literally die on the spot, but uh, spearfishing, I mean, I, know I don't do it myself, I probably would enjoy doing it, but there's no special permits for that, is there? I'm, I'm, I'm you know, not big on spearfishing. You do have to have a fishing license, but other than that... Um as long as you abide by the rules and regulations, you're sweet. Anyone can do it as long as they get a fishing license. Fantastic, mate. All right, let's go into the, the the hunting part of it. What you know, what sort of type of hunting do you enjoy? What do you do most of? And uh, yeah, I probably do most with my dogs. I got three bitches. We hunt a lot of mountain country in the New England ranges. I got a couple of mates around here. We always head up on weekends when we can, either to private property or state forest. Um, usually, pull two or three pigs or. Oh, it's different every trip, you know. But um, yeah, do a lot of pig dogging. Head out west when we can. It's pretty hard with work, as you'd know. How do you find the state forest? Have you generally find? I mean, especially with the dogs. I mean, how do you find it? You find pretty successful. Do you find they've you know in those sort of areas they've been, you know, once they flogged out, but you know they've been attacked pretty hard by either doggers or hunters in general. What do you think? Once you've kind of got a little pattern worked out, like I've been going up there since I was 18 and first got an R license, so that was six odd years ago, and um, you kind of know which spots are good, what kind of um, weather to hunt in, and you know where they tend to hang out. It's not always correct, but you know you can improve your chances by by um, remembering these things. And um, yeah, it's probably actually pretty easy to hunt the state forest, I think, if you've got an um, experienced dog. Yeah, right. What do you enjoy hunting, mate? I mean, obviously that's you know dogs, pigs, but you know what else? Do you, you know what sort of game species or you know do you like to hunt? Anything edible. <laughs> yeah, do you eat the piggies? You know, don't mind them. I yeah, love it. Yeah, I'm always a bit. I'm always. I don't know why. I've always felt. Again, maybe you can correct me. You could probably have more experience. Definitely more experience there than me. Do they? Do, they, do you find they're, they're very diseased? How do you check? Do you? You know, what's the what's the general rule? Uh, well, I used to work in an abattoir doing um, QA stuff on meat there, so I kind of had a bit of background knowledge when I got into eating pigs and deer and whatnot. But um, you learn a lot with hunting with older blokes, which is a good thing to do. Pigs are generally pretty healthy around where I hunt. Your main concern is tapeworms and, and whatnot, and they're usually pretty easy to see. Like, if you um, if you dress out a pig, you can usually notice an inconsistency and you can either just discard the meat or do what you want with it. Yeah, nice work, nice work. What do you, um, when you go out with the rifle, I mean, do you still, obviously, you know, maybe the dogs and pigs, but what do you target with the rifle when you go out? Still pigs or goats or what? what's up sort of around your area that you generally hunt? No, we don't get too many goats here. Like um, the blocks I go to out west that have goats, all the, um, all the property owners round them up and, and sell them these days, so they're kind of money in their pocket. So um, we don't get a, a great deal of goats, but every now and then we go to somewhere where we can and shoot. You know, goats are pretty easy. I don't think they're they're a hard species to hunt compared to say deer. But um, yeah, we get the odd deer with a rifle, and and um, 
a lot of rabbits. I love rabbit. And that's about it, really. Yeah, do you cook up the rabbits as well, or...? Yeah, they're just like chicken, eh? <laughs> chicken. It's four, four-legged chicken. What do you... Hey, do you I'm, I'm not sure. I'm just not it's too personal, but do you still live with your family? And if you do, do they sort of, um, you know, do they sort of say, hey, listen, when you bring this food home, or even if you don't live with them and you've brought it home or you've offered it to them, what have they said? Um, well, when I was living at home, I used to bring all of it home, and mum, mum's one of those people who's just like, oh, you can't eat that, but... <laughs> she, she eats most of it now. She's pretty accustomed to it. Dad, Dad had no problems with it. Yeah, I live with my girlfriend now. Um, she's happy to eat anything. So um, yeah, it's good. We don't actually really pay for meat. I know. But yeah, with meat not getting any cheaper, it certainly makes a huge. Especially if you've got blocks that you can go to that are fairly close to home, or you know, even if yeah, you're not absolutely. close to home, pick up you know an array of meat. You know, thirty, forty kilos of meat certainly you know, and get creative. It certainly can go a long way. I think. Yeah, well, we, last night, actually, me and three mates cut up a deer, a pig, and a couple didn't dress out a couple of rabbits, and it'd easily be probably 500 bucks worth of meat there. Oh, yeah, it's amazing, you know. People don't realise that, how, you know, beneficial that can be to families, you know. As I said to one of the guys I interviewed before, you know, some people can't, you know, it depends on their job. Not everyone's affluent and can afford, you know, good types of quality meat, especially with the price of meat these days. So yeah, that's someone, it. someone can go out and get, you know, like that deer or goat or they find a you know, bunch of pigs somewhere or whatever it may be. You know, they can certainly enjoy some good thing. But, mate, do you participate, are you purely hunting and spearfishing and fishing or do you participate in any non-hunting-related activities, you know, rifle, you know, rifle shooting, clay targets, pistols, anything like that? No. Oh, I've been to the range and shot um shot handguns or pistols. Done a bit of target shooting, but but not really. Like um, we do have a bit of property. Like my parents live on a couple of acres, and we just shoot tins and cans and whatever with the twenty two when we're bored. But other than that, I would I would like to try clays, but I've never really had the time or the opportunity. Yeah, right. Okay. All right. So when you when you're hunting, I mean, obviously you said you had you know rifles. Ever what's the uh for for pigs, goats, or what do you Generally, what do you own? What's your go-to calibers? What do you enjoy shooting? Uh, I've got an array of rifles. I got a twenty-two, a triple-two, a thirty-thirty, and a twelve-gauge shotgun. Yep. The main one that comes with this is probably the thirty-thirty. Being um, being mountain country, it's it's a nice light rifle to carry, and you can um, zone in on a moving target pretty quickly, and it does the job. Other than that, when we're um, shooting goats or Whatever foxes, the triple twos pretty much by my side all the time. Yeah, how do you find the? I know thirty thirty. A couple of guys I've interviewed before, uh, they love their thirty thirties. What do you think of it? Reckon it takes them down, no problem. Oh, yeah, out to about two hundred meters, it's pretty good, I think. Yeah, right. Good stuff. Good with me, anyway. But beyond that, I'm pretty hopeless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah? <laughs> yeah, sometimes I get like when I go out, you know, so I just think, oh, I get the one opportunity and I've blown it before. Terrible, it's terrible. But uh, but if you could break it down, this is an interesting question I ask all my guests this. If you could break it down, tell us what it means uh, in your individual view to be a hunter, shooter, and fisherman in Australia in this 20th century. I think it's probably an important thing to keep kind of in touch with nature, really. I mean, a lot of the hunters and shooters I know see more of Australia than you know, your average city slicker. Probably a pretty important thing too that people know where their food comes from, what farmers in Australia actually have to go through to produce their food. 
Yeah, right. Yeah. Anything else you can add to that? What you, you know, what you sort of, you know, I guess probably does go to the next question, actually. What is it about hunting and shooting so that keeps you coming back and what is it you enjoy so much? I know you said, you know, your family sort of, you know, weren't really hunters or weren't really sort of interested, especially the firearm part of it, but what sort of, you know, keeps you coming back that you enjoy it sort of so much? I mean... The free food. <laughs> yeah, well, purely just the food. I mean, people say, I, I always hear this all the time, and hey, I've, got to, I've got to interject here. People always say, I always hear people say, oh, you know, it's either, you know, which is great, don't get me wrong. People say, oh, it's for the feral animals or it's for the meat, which, hey, I totally, totally agree. But I think, in a nutshell, I'm, I'm sure you'll agree with me here. We enjoy it. I mean, let's be honest. We, I, I enjoy going out. What keeps you coming back so much? I mean, obviously, you said the you know, getting the meat, but what is it about just the, you know, I'm looking more, I'm looking more for the, the, what it means, yeah, the practical of the meat and all that stuff, but what is it about just this whole thing, this feeling, that's what I'm trying to get, that's what I'm trying to get out of here. For me, it's probably just um, the adventures and the quality time you spend with your mates or your missus and your dogs, like um, raising a pup <clears throat> from a young age to, you know, scent an animal, track it down and then hold it until you get there, it's, it's a pretty good feeling. And then, um, you know, you spend some quality time in the bush with your mates and see a lot of places that no one else does. You know, it's good good bonding stuff. Yeah, exactly. No, totally, totally agree with you. What do you enjoy, you know, when you go out in the bush, you know, you go out for a weekend? What do you enjoy about being out there, you know? Is it what, just what, what is it about being out in the bush that you enjoy? Getting away from society, I think. <laughs> yeah, true. I don't like, sometimes I, Sometimes when I'm at work, I think, you know, I'd just rather be out in the bush, you know. I don't yeah, like, by yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly, when I've got people at work, I think, oh, I don't like some people sometimes, but, you know, yeah, no, exactly. Um, you know, what do you, let's talk about sort of when you're out in the bush, what sort of your, um, you know, I know you've given a few pictures of your four-wheel drive, you know, you pretty, you keep pretty modest in, in gear and equipment, or you sort of, you know, if you really pack up and get out there, you sort of go all out, or what do you normally do? No, when I was younger and, you know, money was tight, we used to just have the, the bare essentials. <laughs> you know, you'd be eating baked beans most nights and, and whatever you could catch, really. But um, nowadays, yeah, I've got, got a bit of money into my four-wheel drive, which is just a, an old Toyota Hilux. Yeah, take a, take a fridge out and, you know, have all that, that stuff ready to go. Yeah, cooking over the fire or...? Yeah, oh. We don't always, but I prefer to just because it adds to the um, the theme, I guess, of being in the bush. Cooking over a fire is a lot more natural than cooking over a gas burner. Yeah, I've got a mate who always loves when he goes out there. Just, I want to ask if you do the same thing. Like if he gets either a goat that day, sometimes he'll even go, all right, this is what we're having today. We're, you know, we've got this goat or instead of packing it up and you know, eating the food that we brought, all right, we're going to slow roast this goat or whatever it may be. Do you ever have it? Do you normally just pack it up and take it home? Do you... Do you normally just guys throw anything on the fire or on a, a spit or a, in, a, in a camp oven when you're there? Nothing, anything like that? Well, I've got a cool room at home, so I tend to take things home and hang them for a minimum of a week. But, um, you know, there has been times when we shot a rabbit or, or whatever and thrown it over a spit on the fire. I've got a pretty crafty mate. You know, I built one out of nothing but, but wood that we found. And, yeah, we ate that for dinner. It was, it was not too bad. 
G'day, I'm Robert Borsak from the Shooters and Fishers Party and you're listening to the Australian Hunting Podcast. The Shooters and Fishers Party have been delivering for Shooters and Fishers for more than 20 years. We've reformed the New South Wales Game Unit to manage hunting in state forests, returned duck, quail and pigeon hunting and delivered more than $15 million for new and existing ranges throughout the state. And we're not done yet. With your support in 2015, we will protect your rights. To find out more about our campaign, please visit www.sfp2015.org.au. I know we were talking, you know, hunting for meat, but do you, is it, do you think you purely just for meat, you know, for the culture, for feral animal control, or... Oh, yeah, it's, it's all all of that, I guess, too. Like, I've got a pretty close family friend who owns property out at Barn Junction, and, you know, he does it pretty tough at times, and there's pigs all over his place, and, you know, it's a good feeling to go out there and give a man getting rid of them. It's less traps he has to set, less, you know, bait he has to use and all that. Yeah. Do you do any trapping or anything like that? Purely just, you know, dogs? I know some guys, you know, they're big on, you know, trapping, whether it's, you know, foxes or, you know, stuff like that. Nothing like that? Yeah, we used to trap a few foxes when we were into tanning our own skins and that. But um, nowadays we just trap pigs really, really for the freezer. What sort of, tell us about, I mean, how do you, I just like to go into this sort of quick, I think it's a good one, like just to give people a few ideas. You know, when you bring them home and you like to cook yourself, what sort of, you know, like let's say, Pork, for an example, obviously those wild porkers, love them. What, what sort of your go-to meals, how do you sort of utilise that meat? Roast, just give us sort of a couple of examples if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, legs I just roast pretty much whole. Bit of garlic and um, salt rubbed down into them. Um, I do own a bantle which makes things easier. I love chops and ribs. Um, that's how most of the pig ends up and, and mince as well. Yeah, how does it taste in the mince? Well, those cuts, you reckon they're bloody tasty or? Oh, you wouldn't know, it's, it's feral. <laughs> uh, yeah what about goats similar thing I mean I people enjoy the curries and, or do you do the legs the same thing when you can get them or, or what about rabbits as well generally I'm um, kebab and curry person when it comes to goat yeah I know I love, geez, I love the curries I just oh. yeah it's a good way to cook it yeah what about the rabbits I know you said uh, you know the four legged chickens what do you what do you normally do with them um, deep fry them actually just like KFC <laughs> tell us about that what you what bread them up or yeah well the secret is I just I hang them for you know a couple of days up to a week whatever you bone it out or cut it into sections boil it for two or three hours in um, chicken stock yep then um, I soak that overnight once it's finished boiling I soak that in the fridge overnight and then the well, next the day same, you just same um, liquid yeah same liquid yeah yep. then the next day pull it straight out into some um, either panko breadcrumbs or you can make your own your own batter out of you know, whatever you want really. Yep. And then um, straight into the deep fryer, a bit of homemade mayonnaise, and oh, you, you can't have a better meal. Really? What is what's um? I know you cook it what three hours. What does that do? Just softens everything up. Yeah, it just gets the meat kind of nice and soft, and also the um the chicken stock kind of infuses into it. Nice. There you go, folks. Another good recipe right from Tristan's mouth. Go try that one. I'll be bloody trying that one, I think. Next question. Uh, this is a um, very interesting one, actually. Do you think hunting is a sport, culture, means of getting food, or how would you describe it? Probably, well, personally, it's a means of getting food, but, I mean, many people kind of would um, cross across those those reasons, I guess. I wouldn't really call it a sport, um, I think that's probably a derogatory term that the antis can use against us. To me, sport's something you do on a field with a referee and that. 
but it's definitely a culture. Like um, a lot of people growing up with it, it's normal for them, and um, you know, we've been doing it for thousands of years. Um, yeah, it's probably it for me. How would you explain? I mean, actually, no, this is a good question too. I just thought about. I know there's a lot of people who've got a few issues, especially the antis about you know hunting with dogs for pigs, bailing them up, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. There is the odd you know idiots and clowns out there that do the wrong thing. But do you think that's indicative of you know the greatest sort of you know dog hunting community about people doing the wrong thing, or you think it's a few just those few odd idiots out there that are doing the wrong thing? Oh, it's the same as everything. There's always that that small percent who who do make the headlines and it, they come across as a majority, but realistically they're a, a very small minority. It's the same as shooters, you know, fishermen, anyone. They, they might do the wrong thing and get caught and end up in the headlines, but they don't represent the views of 99% of the people doing the right thing. Yeah, that's right. You know, or some, you know, like I said, there's some idiot gets on there on YouTube putting something maybe a bit stupid up or then they just jump on. I don't know why people would do that. I can never understand it. Yeah, it's beyond me, mate. <laughs> yeah, I know, exactly. Mate, I'm always having a debate with someone. The next question is pretty interesting. How would you explain to someone that's never hunted, shot or fished before so they can understand why you love this uh, lifestyle so much? How would you so how would you sort of explain it to someone? I'd probably just say it's, it's a good chance to get out into the nature and see how, in, how the world works and, um, you know, be a bit primitive, I guess. You know, it's, it's just like camping except, you. Yeah, doing more fun stuff <laughs> yeah have you have you ever got thought got someone into it that you know friend family member someone you know that sort of you know because i've actually had one person that's done this they never sort of thought it was they thought oh, i don't really know about that and they've sort of you know actually approached me on facebook it's actually an old school friend and said you know oh, i'm interested in doing that and i said well yep as long as you're you know a decent person and you know you've got good intentions of you know of getting a firearms license for you know, nothing stupid i'm you know willing to sort of show them they, they got it they really enjoyed it it's not what they thought it was going to be they thought it was great you know so have you ever have you ever had someone gotten some friends into it or someone's been interested that you've gotten into it, or even maybe someone that had a bit of an issue with it before i won't say a greenie but someone that didn't really like it and has sort of got into the sport or you've shown anyone into the sport um yeah a lot of my friends actually say to me like i probably wouldn't hunt if it wasn't for you or, you know, your mates, because I kind of grew up with a select group of mates and we were all into it, got each other into it, I guess you'd say, and then, um, you know, you meet people and have mates and, you know, a couple of years below you or whatever, and you take them out and you teach them the ropes and, you know, teach them to do the right thing, basically, and, and um, you know, they do the same thing from there on, you know, they might show their brother or cousin or whatever and, you know, show them how to do everything legitimately and right and legal and it kind of down spirals from there i guess yeah do you go out with sort of the you know similar so the same sort of very similar sort of group of friends that you've sort of gone out with a long time is that what you generally do or yeah we pretty much all just stick to each other but um you know we take the odd person out every now and then who's you know part of the circle of friends you know from school for example like you said who um who were kind of interested and then you take them out and they're either hooked or you know they're just like yeah it's pretty fun i'm I'm not going to get into it, but it's fun. What about, um, I know you talk about, let's talk about significant others, partners. I know there's a lot of conjecture about from different groups, you know, from uh, different couples where, you know, the man hunts and the woman's trying to stop him or, <laughs> whatever, you know, whatever it may be. How's, how's sort of your uh, girlfriend, fiancé, wife, whatever it may be, how does she sort of, does she come along? She enjoys it? She grew up sort of that lifestyle and bush lifestyle as well? or uh, She's actually from Indonesia and, and no, I didn't buy her. 
But, um, <laughs> Who was thinking that? I wasn't thinking that. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people do. <laughs> do they? Oh, uh, don't she's worry pretty good with it. Like her mum was kind of a hunter gatherer, not so much hunter, but you know, her mum grew up catching fish and whatever over in Bali. And um, yeah, she came over here and really, pretty much, you know, it's natural to them to, to just eat what comes off the land. And yep. my missus is just as keen as me. She's got her firearms license and. Shoots bunny of bunnies with me and that. Half oh, your luck, yeah, I know. It's interesting. I've had different views from different people. Some people say like, they love it. They say it's fantastic. You know, they love getting out with their wife or significant other or girlfriend, whatever it may be, getting out there hunting and shooting. Whereas I've sort of had other guys say, nah, nah, it's a man's sport, you know. Like, not it's a man's sport, <laughs> but they love to you know, get out with their mates. Nah, no women allowed. No women allowed. They like to use it as getting away from their, you know, wives or girlfriends. But. Uh, certainly a lot of interesting different ideas and opinions but mate what positives and benefits say of hunting shooting do you think have contributed to uh, by the hunting feral animals on public land or private land what do you think some of the benefits are well public land it obviously reduces the damage done by ferals on in state forests and well, I guess you can't say national parks it would have been if, if our feral wasn't such a prick <laughs> yeah that's right it definitely reduces the damage and saves forestries a bit of money, I guess. Um, private land, you can definitely notice a different difference in animal numbers if you've got a regular hunter, I think. I mean, most places I know of and go to all have regular blokes that go there and, and do their bit to get rid of the foxes or pigs or, you know, whatever it may be that's got doing the doing the damage. And um, they're glad to have you there. I mean, you're saving them time and money. Speaking of that, have you like you got some good relationships with some certain farmers that uh, you know you've been hunting on for a while, like you know months, years, or anything like that, and just your regular spots? Yeah, I, I met this one bloke through a friend of a friend. He owns a couple of thousand acres out at Barn, and um, you know, he didn't know me from Bar of Soap, and we just started going out there and you know having a yarn with him every time we went out there, and and now I got the key to the gate and sole access to it, so that's pretty good for me. And I guess it helps. Does he do anything on the land in particular? Does he, you know, like is he running any any uh, sheep or cow? What does he do out there? What how does it how does it benefit him? He's got heaps of crop in, which obviously draws the pigs and the hares and yeah and that in. And um, he runs a few head of cattle and a few sheep, and there's always plenty of foxes hanging around them. And you know, he's happy for us to shoot them. Gets on our next question. Always, always an interesting one. Lots of uh, different thoughts, uh, interests, and opinions. We know O'Farrell was given the uh, can for doing the, doing well, not apparently, you know, uh, letting the government know he received a bottle of wine. We've just seen, you know, Steve Dunn, the old Steve Dunn that wrote up the independent game council report that sunk the yeah. yeah he's done for corruption as well with the old Eddie Bead scandal I mean you couldn't even write this stuff to be honest I'm still laughing all the way to the bank <laughs> but at the end of the day the game council's still gone a lot of people don't have the same thoughts and interests and opinions as me a lot of them do but what are your thoughts on firearms ownership in Australia at the moment especially surrounding say registration uh, certain categories of firearms etc uh, etc et I think Registration, I'm not quite sold on that. Um, obviously, New Zealand and Canada don't have registries, and I mean, they they work pretty well, their system. As for categories, I think it's pretty silly. You, can, you can't you can own a pump-action shotgun, but you can own a pump-action 30-30 or 270 or whatever it may be. Yeah. Like, uh, there's no reasoning behind that. Same with semi-auto 22s. Like, no one's going to go out and, you know, have a mass shooting with a semi-auto 22. Yeah, it should just be on your your A and B license, I guess. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Interesting point. Um, 
here's a good, next question. What can, like, especially since the things that happen over that Farrell, I guess, you know, shooters and hunters maybe, you know, got, you know, a bit lax uh, during that time with our federal government thinking, you know, we weren't going to, especially in New South Wales. I mean, this is probably goes for across Australia as well, when there's different laws in uh, different states. But what can hunters and shooters do, well, and fishermen, especially the spearfishers, they're under attack as well from these greenies. Yep. Uh, what can they do to protect their, you know, sport, culture, heritage here in Australia? I think the most important thing is to do the right thing and come across as a good bloke and responsible, but also speak up when you see see people doing the wrong thing, kind of educate them, but also when you see people, you know, having a dig at you, just educate them politely, I guess. There's no need to swear and carry on, but, you know, just justify what you do. Don't be a retard about it, I guess. Sometimes I get the odd email from the few odd people saying they can't believe I'm, you know, promoting hunting and shooting and this, that and the other and, you know, feral animal removal and this and that and I just I really want to say certain things because sometimes it does get up my nose when I read it but often it's just really thanks appreciate your input have a great day you know yeah that's it you know (laughs) much as I want to say stuff you know what I mean even there's some people you'll just never win over yeah but as I said to a lot of people the problem sometimes the problem is yeah it's not just the antis we need to worry about sometimes you know it's We've got people doing, you know, you know, again, it's very rare, but we do have the odd people doing the wrong thing or or people that are lauding, you know, old John Howard's firearms law saying this works and that works. I mean, then when you, they say we don't, want, we don't want to be like America yet, then you say, well, yeah, you know, you can, buy, yeah, you can buy an AR-15 in New Zealand, zero registration, yet they're not having the mass shooting since 1996 yet apparently. Oh, but that's different. Oh, okay. That's something yeah, I'll make. No, there's, there's a lot more factors that come into the whole, that whole debate, which... We'd probably be here for a few hours if we discussed it. <laughs> True, mate. Um, I got. Let's start. We've got. To, I normally do. I normally do it with pretty much all my shows. I've got a, a five questions in under a minute. It's basically like a little segment we got on the show. Let's see if you can do it in under a minute. Eh? I'll start recording as soon as I start the fi- uh, the first question, and then uh, I'll stop it when we finish the fifth question. So let's see if you can do it. Eh. Righto. All right, here we go. In three, two, one, go. Right, in five words or less, describe what hunting means to you. Meat on the table. All right, favourite game species to hunt. What is it and why? Pigs, they're challenging and rewarding. Yeah, okay. Your proudest moment or experience you have, you've had being a hunter, and what was it? Training a dog that was doomed to be six foot under, I guess, to um, scent pigs, find pigs, and, and catch them. All right, if you could hunt anywhere in this world, uh, where would it be and why? Germany, I think. I've seen a lot of cool videos of the European boar in the snow. Yeah, I have too. Favourite piece of hunting equipment you own, what is it and why? Hilux. <laughs> Gets me everywhere. Mate you've, you've, mate, you've killed it. 46 seconds, man. I tell you what, it's good. Not too bad. Yeah, not many people have actually uh, succeeded in answering the AHP for uh, five questions in under a minute, so you should feel pretty good. <laughs> Mate, tell us, uh, I guess, last two questions, I guess, to finish off. Tell us a story uh, that you would be you'd be able to share with the audience, maybe something that sticks in your mind. as a great day in Tristan's life. Oh, there's that many to choose from, I don't really know. <laughs> yeah, anyone in particular, something just, you know, I mean, obviously we've all, you know, had a story or, you know, something that sort of, you know, just that one story, something, you, you know, something, it's got to be something, come on, you've been, you know, you're 24, you've had, must have had a lot of hunting experience. <laughs> Oh, there was one time um, a good mate and I were up at Nundle. Oh, there's two of us actually, and we'd hunted for 
all night, all day, basically done a lot of Ks on foot, walking up and down valleys. Dogs had, you know, got onto a few pigs or, you know, got keen, but nothing really came of it. I lost them in the blackberries and uh, we saw a deer and couldn't get a shot off and we ended up calling it quits about lunchtime the next day. And on the way home, I was like, oh, we should check this one track. So we, we went down it. My main dog was asleep. She was in the cage asleep. She was buggered. Then my pup and his pup flew off the ute, ran 600 metres in and caught a, oh, I think it was 76 kilo pig. Great tufts on it. And um, yeah, we could drive straight to it. And it was just such a good feeling to see the two young pups pull a good pig up by themselves. Absolutely. All right, we'll finish with the last question in a sec. We're just going to go to a quick break. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. This is an ad for the Liberal Democrats. But the Liberal Democrats don't want me to talk about them. They want me to talk about you. People should control governments. Governments shouldn't control people. In fact, the Liberal Democrats think the less you hear from the government, the better. Unless you're hurting someone, governments should get out of the way and let you live the life you want. The Liberal Democrats. More freedom, less government. All right, Tristan, if you could impart, say, one last piece, say, of knowledge on our listeners. A lot of people listen to this show, 20,000 plus every month. Just before we finish off, what sort of one last, you know, little bit of advice you'd give uh, to the listeners before finishing off? I would say if you're young or um, new to the game, just take your time with everything. Um, research what you buy, who you hang out with too, plays a big part and. um never discount the advice of an old fella really nice work man i mean i appreciate you being coming onto the show to have a chat with us being part of our uh segment the everyday hunter where we talk to you know hunters shooters uh fishermen spear fishermen doesn't matter anyone that enjoys the outdoors and uh sharing with uh the listeners about what they enjoy so much not only about a living in this country but also uh, being a hunter, shooter, and fisherman in this country. Thanks, Tristan, come on the show, and thanks for sharing your knowledge today. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Dave. No, I appreciate it. You've just been educated, and this is the Australian Hunting Podcast. Thanks for listening. See you next time.